Okay, I want to welcome us once again to the third session for this workshop in the first quarter of 2021. And I believe strongly that uh, the Almighty God has been reaching out to us one way or the other. For those of us that have been following keenly on uh, each of this on, on each of the sessions and all that, and I also trust God that today also through this a short session that we have in the next one to two hours. God will be speaking to our hearts. God will be speaking to our families. And I pray that every unresolved issues in our various homes will be resolved in the name of Jesus. As the light of the word of God shines to our hearts, every form of darkness will give way in the name of Jesus. And I pray that the love of God we have his place we have his proper place in our life and in our homes and families in the name of jesus amen okay so today we'll be talking about how to overcome uh, marital challenges uh, overcoming marital challenges and basically i'll be uh, i'll classify them or categorize uh, today's a workshop or session under two subtopics where we have to talk about two different things the first one is where we have to talk about the core characteristic features of marriage or the nature of marriage what marriage actually uh, is meant to be what uh, marriage is uh, actually initially designed by God to be so we'll be talking about the characteristic features of marriage then also uh, looking at overcoming marital challenges proper you know looking at what steps to take to overcome challenges we definitely will come across challenges even christ uh, promised that we will come across some of those things you know because uh, his servant is not greater than his own master but then when we come across those challenges what are we expected to do what is expected of us so that we won't get drowned, so that we won't actually uh, become victims of those circumstances, those uh, challenges that come our way. So we'll be talking about uh, how to overcome uh, those challenges that uh, we are confronted with in our various homes. And basically, under this uh, topic, we'll be looking at what positive attitude does, you know, uh, what actually. Uh, I mean the role it plays when it comes to overcoming because the word of God for instance says that as a man thinks in his heart so is he so I will be looking at the role that positive attitude uh, play in in, in, uh, in our marriage you know as a whole then also we look at look at the importance of dealing with uh, with the past of dealing with past errors dealing with past mistakes dealing with past odds and all that then lastly we'll be looking at the love languages and their importance you know in marriages so most persons and most people actually hardly talk about love languages they hardly talk about you know what their love languages with their spouse they hardly discuss you know what they actually expect you know from their spouse and all that but really it's important because these are the things that we need to discuss you know even as uh, uh, with our spouse or with our various spouses as husband and wives you know, so that we can actually um get the best out of because it's not always good to assume that your spouse should know I and mean, what if he doesn't know 
I mean, so it's good with discuss, and that's what actually makes communication effective. It depends what you discuss and all that. So we're going to be talking about love languages uh, to wrap it up uh, for tonight. So to start with, looking at the core characteristics of uh, or the nature of marriage, I'll be re- reading for us. I'll be looking at Genesis chapter two, verse seven. Genesis chapter two, verse seven. It says, "And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground, and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul." That's that's Genesis chapter two, verse seven, talking about the creation of man. Now, when you go to verse fifteen, it says, "And the Lord God took the man." And put him into the garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. Now we could see that immediately after man was created, the next thing that was brought forward to him, the next thing that God did, you know, the next decision God made on his behalf was to define his purpose, was to define his assignment, was to define his place of assignment. God actually formed a garden and put him there and told him what to do. You know, told him to take care of the garden, told him to do this and all that. You know, it wasn't the woman that God brought forth. No, it was his assignment that God actually did next after he was after he created a man. So he had a clear-cut goal. You know, it was not the next thing that was brought him, but his purpose. You know, his purpose. So as a matter of fact, it was his purpose that determined his partner. It was his purpose that determined. His partner. If you check Genesis chapter two verse eighteen, which was the next verse, you know, thing that happened after the garden was created and Adam was put in it. Genesis chapter two verse eighteen, you know, God said, "It is not good that man should be alone. Therefore, I will make him and help meet for him." Now, if you look at everything in succession, we started with creation of man. Now we move to uh, determination of assignment. Then God saw the need for a woman now as a matter of fact when god was to bring the woman to him you know there's, there's a, there was a way god introduced her to him there was one there was a way god actually had uh uh there was there was a way god actually identified there was what god uh there was a, a purpose in the mind of god for bringing the woman and that was revealed in that verse now we'll go over it again it says it is not good that man should be alone you know therefore i will make him that is making Adam and help meet for him. That means not just bringing a woman to him, not just bringing a wife to him, but a wife that will be relevant in his place of assignment, a wife that will be that will be suitable for his purpose, and that is very very important. I mean, it's not just for you to for us to get married, or for not just for. Um, I mean, this uh, is talking specifically to those who are here to get married now, not just not to the married now. But it's not just for so it's not just for us to get married because our friends our colleagues are getting married marriage actually is specific you know the choice of your partner must actually be guided by god and your and your assignment your god-given assignment so god actually gave adam specifically someone who will be useful in his place of assignment who will be suitable for his purpose who will help him reach or fulfill that destiny, that assignment that God has placed in his hand. So, and, and, and that's one thing, first thing we have to note here, you know, that marriage is purposeful. 
you know marriage is purposeful marriage actually has god actually designed it for a particular reason so and the question we might want to ask is why was it good or necessary that god give him an helpmate number two is very very uh reason um, why was i mean sorry why was it good uh that god gave adam and helpmate you know for his purpose adam could have actually have done the whole thing by himself as a matter of fact Adam was operating in the strength, in the wisdom of God. Adam actually was so spiritual, was highly spiritual. He could have done everything by himself, all by himself. But then, why did God still deem it fit to give unto him and help it, and helper, and help that is meet for him, and helper that will help him in the assignment that God has given to him, even though he wasn't seen as being weak at that point in time. So, Ecclesiastes chapter four, verse nine to ten reviews something to us i have something to say to us which says two are better than one for they have a good reward for their labor so that means god actually designed that in marriage you have both parties coming together that they may experience abundance they they might experience multiplication in deuteronomy chapter 32 verse 30 the word of god says the one shall chase a thousand and two shall chase, uh, shall put ten thousand to flight. Can you imagine? I mean, that kind of multiplication. I mean, it's, that means what you achieve as an individual, or what you achieve as a, as, as, a, as a person, as a single person, when you move into God's plan in marriage, into marriage as God has designed it. You know, you are you are actually bound to experience multiple folds of that kind of result. So, marriage is designed specifically for multiplication for abundance for each and every one of us so we must understand that 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 is god's design for every one of us as his children that is god's design for every one of us as his children and god desires that we work in abundance he desires that we work in multiplication and for that reason in genesis chapter 1 verse 28 genesis chapter 1 verse 28 god says be fruitful and multiply it didn't say be fruitful and and, and hard no not addition it said multiply there's a difference between multiplication and addition there's a great difference it didn't ask them to add to what is on ground but to multiply it talking about geometric you know um, increase in what is on ground and also god said and replenish the earth and subdue it sub- subdue it so in essence god is saying to man both male and female, both the both parties who are in marriage, to be an authority in their feed or in their calling or in their place of assignment, having complete dominion. And the only way that will come to pass is when both are in agreement together, because multiplication will only come together, coming into place when both are in total agreement. There will be multiplication when both are in total agreement. You know, they will express abundance in that assignment when there's total agreement. You know, both are working together. In much chapter 3, verse 3 says, Can two work together except they agree? So God designed it for multiplication in our place of assignment. And that's what marriage holds for us as a believer, as a child of God, as an individual. So marriage by God's design is meant by you know to geometrically increase 
you as a person is meant to geometrically increase me you know as a person so we must see marriage in a good light marriage is for the good you know it's for it's for it's for the it's for the best to get the best out of every individual marriage should not be perceived or be seen as uh as is as a bad thing you know because of this of, of the uh experiences of others of course there will be challenges but then those challenges actually are for the greater good of those involved in that union as a matter of fact whenever challenges occur is because there is a greater testimony ahead of you there is a greater testimony ahead of that marriage that uh, that lies ahead and that's why you have a challenge coming and when you overcome that challenge then you are bound you bound to break forth into what god has in store for you as a matter of fact you can't talk about breakthrough without barriers you know, barriers actually where it's when you have barriers that you have to break through that thing into the next stage of your life so marriage is designed by god to bring out the best in us for a geometric increase of every one of us not to make us worse than we were so uh, in essence in the first part of 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 this this session number one you must understand that marriage is for a purpose so don't marry because others are marrying don't marry for fame don't marry for wealth okay because when you do you will crash i know suddenly you'll be destroyed suddenly and that's why so many marriages are not working so many marriages are experiencing break breakups many marriages are, are, are experiencing divorce so don't marry uh because others are married but let it be done you know purposefully let it be done with every consciousness you know every being every form of consciousness that that, that you have within you you know it's purposeful number two marriage is part of god's plan just like i said for your increase not just increase but a geometric geometric increase so anything that fights your marriage is fighting your purpose and also is fighting your enlargement and whatever is fighting your marriage also is fighting your destiny because uh, and that's why we must perceive every opposition without as an opposition against uh, our soul as we must perceive as opposition against that great uh greater this uh, greater goal or destiny that or plan that god has for us and that's why every challenge every little opposition or problem must not be taken light must be taken with every f- seriousness you know and as a matter of fact it's because uh, we view certain uh, issues as it doesn't matter certain things as very little that certain things doesn't matter that's why some of those things grow to become big issues because they are left unattended to so we must see every opposition every challenge against your home as a challenge against the ultimate plan of god for your life okay so before we wrap it up on the characteristic uh, features or the nature of or the core nature of marriage i would like to make mention of one or two things and um, this actually includes intimacy and uh, we must understand that god desires that marriage be or should be an intimate relationship so and uh, whatsoever and that's to tell us that whatsoever thing 
that fights uh, against uh, that is coming uh, fighting against the intimacy between spouses or between partners or between husband and wife is not of God and uh, Genesis chapter 2 verse 22 says therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall cleave unto his wife and they shall be one flesh now God desires that both parties becomes one as a matter of fact to God both the husband and the wife are not more two but they are one so there's a oneness of mind oneness of heart oneness of soul you know, there's oneness of purpose and vision you know, both shall become one flesh so if there's anything that makes marriage uh, formidable we must understand that it is the oneness of both parties oneness of both parties ecclesiastes chapter 4 verse 12 says uh, if one prevail against him two shall withstand him and a three-foot cord is not quickly broken and that's to tell us that uh, oneness has a very crucial role to play when it comes to the, the, the formidability or the strength of each marriage you know why so many marriages crumble uh, sometimes uh, in, in the midst of the storm is because of the fact that there's little strength you know in that home there's little strength at work in that home and if there's one thing that will make our homes to stand the wiles of the day to stand the storm of the day is when both parties are one when both the husband and the wife are one they are intimate with each other you know they don't allow don't keep secrets from each other they don't allow anything to come in between both there's transparency between both parties the word of god says that you know both the man and the woman were both they were naked and they were not ashamed not ashamed of anything not afraid to tell your spouse about uh, anything that concerns you you know even someone uh for example even what we experience outside during the day while we are away at work and all that you know we are not afraid to share with our spouse you know some persons believe that when uh, an opposite sex comes walk up to you and talk to you about uh, relationship and all that that you shouldn't involve your spouse because your spouse will just flare up and all that but it's a lie the best way to handle marital issues is to discuss with your spouse involve your spouse engage your partner because that way you've disarmed the enemy from carrying out his plan over your life you must understand that the enemy thrives in darkness the enemy thrives and works most in darkness and when your spouse is not aware of certain things when your spouse is in dark you know then the enemy will thrive on his ignorance will thrive in that dark area of his life and begin to make things go wrong in your home in our home so we need to understand that intimacy transparency is very core and crucial to every home if we want our home to succeed then we must be transparent because um, and that tells us that at the very core of marriage is intimacy without intimacy the purpose for marriage will not be fulfilled because it takes two people in agreement to work together without intimacy the visions aims goals and objective of marriage will be shattered 
you know so jesus actually said because of this he said if your eyes be single your whole body will be full of light you know singleness of art you know it brings about clarity you know when there's singleness of art it brings about clarity of vision it brings about clarity in every aspect of the um, this direction you know where particularly you are going to what you are going to do as a family you know it even gives clarity when it comes to raising of children you know there will be no disagreement when it comes to discipline of children for instance you know so it helps a lot you know in the home and why so many homes actually have deteriorated is because intimacy is missing intimacy is missing both of them are wide apart even though they are living in under the same roof in the same house so no marriage will reach its fullest potential without intimacy we must understand that without intimacy marriage actually would not have meaning because it takes two to work together like it's being commonly said it takes two to tango so a marriage actually has to do with two parties coming together you know to achieve a particular aim and when there is no agreement when there is no intimacy when we when both parties actually don't understand don't tend to understand each other then when they don't they don't communicate when they don't understand each other's feelings then there's going to be a problem there's going to be misunderstanding there's going to be rifts and it's going to make it difficult to actually achieve that common goal that god or that uh, desired future that god actually has desire that god desires for that particular home now when you look at the story of the tower of babel initially everyone on earth had one language you know they could hear themselves out you know they could understand themselves and for that reason they all came together in agreement to build a tower that will get to heaven that will get to the to to to, to heaven you know, they want to actually get to that point whereby they could see god and all that you know, and when God saw that what they've imagined to do cannot be stopped, I guess and no one can stop what they've imagined because there was agreement. They could understand themselves. There was intimacy. There was no sort of rift in between them. And God saw that the only way he could stop them from achieving that was to bring about the confusion in their midst. You know, was to ensure that they don't understand themselves, was to ensure that communication was broken. And that when that was done, they couldn't reach, uh, fulfill that desired goal in which they set out to do from the beginning. So we must understand that for us to maximize the full potential in marriage as God has designed it to be, there must be intimacy. Anything that challenges your intimacy in your home, my intimacy in your home, is challenging God's plan for our life. So we must not take lightly anything that comes in between, that wants to come in between partners want to want to come in between you and your husband i want to come in between you and your wife so we must pay attention to that so another thing that i would like to talk about uh, before we move into overcoming marital challenges which is the other part of this session is that we must understand that marriage is not competitive but complementary marriage is not competitive but complementary as a man or woman you've not been called to compete with your spouse but to complement him or her you've been called to enhance his or her purpose in life when competition is allowed into marriage 
when competition is the order of the day in marriage it bets jealousy which in turn bets or gives rise to hatred so when competition is given access into a marriage you know either of the parties will not want any one of them to be better than each other you know they are always looking for i want to be better than my husband i want to be better than my wife no god didn't create marriage to be like that god created it to be complementary to work together as one to be better together to be the best together not that one should be better than no so we must understand that marriage is complementary so complement your partner don't compete with him or her together you can achieve exceedingly above that which you would have achieved individually must remember like i said previously that marriage actually is designed for geometric increase it's designed for multiplication what we couldn't achieve as an individual marriage makes it possible for us to achieve as 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 a as a party you know as 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 persons in agreement as one when both of us come together we could achieve much more than we could achieve individually so we need to learn to complement each other and that's why when god gave eve to adam he didn't give her to him you know to compete with him but to complement him and that's why she was called and help that was made for him so we need to understand that so you are called to complement your spouse not to compete with him what you have you know belongs to your spouse and what your spouse have belongs to you there's no such thing as it is my own my own no there's no such thing as that you know it is our own like i usually tell my wife there's no such thing as my money no i don't have a money of my own i don't have a dress of my father I used to tell my wife if she can even decide to put on my dress because it's for the both of us she can decide to you know there's no such thing as my money there's no such thing as my car there's no such thing as my food no it's our home it belongs to both of us there's no such thing as my achievement or my success the success of my wife is is my own success you know the success or the achievement of my wife is my achievement that's why we both must work together at ensuring that both of us are successful in that which God has called us to do. And finally, on the characteristics of marriage is commitment. We must learn to be committed to each other. If, if our marriage must work, we must be committed to each other. Nothing works without commitment. Being true to your marriage, you know, being a genuine to your partner, you know, is very key. You know to haul around fruitfulness and i pray that god will help us in the name of jesus so uh, just to have a, a summary a quick recap of what we've learned in this first part of this session number one you must be committed to your partner you must be true and genuine to uh, to your to your marriage to your family to your home and number two we are called to complement each other and not to compete with each other you know we must understand that the marriage is complementary and not competitive then number three we must understand that uh, we are not called marriage is specific marriage is specific you no know, don't get married because other people are getting married you know there's a purpose there's a aim in the uh, there's, there's a design in the mind of god from every home so marriage is specific and also marriage is meant to be an intimate relationship so let's take note of all of this and i believe that as we uh make sure uh, what make all of this our uh, watch what as we uh, take uh, make uh, take all of these things very important you know and uh, we ensure that some of these things 
are not out of our lives i trust god that our homes will become you know the way god wants it to be our home will become heaven on earth in the name of jesus so now we'll be talking about overcoming marital challenges